Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Football Social Daily. Welcome to Football Social Daily, your award-winning Premier League podcast. And awards have been hard to come by in recent years if you're Tottenham Hotspur. Unless you're Harry Kane, of course. The wait for a trophy goes on and the wait for a new Spurs manager has begun this week as well. Hardly a shock, but Antonio Conte has gone. So who do Spurs fans see as the best fit to become the new boss? A familiar face, perhaps, or someone new entirely? Well, joining us today on FSD to help figure that one out it's Dave from Tottenham Podcast, The Cheese Room. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very well indeed. Thank you very much, Nyland. Already I've noted that little bit of a little bit of a dig in your intro. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to having a chat with you about our next manager. Well, I'm in the privileged position of being able to say that my club, in the depths of League One, have won a trophy more recently than Spurs. It will run out soon. That quip will run out soon, but I'm enjoying it for the time being. Um, Dave's part of the Cheese Room, of course, which is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to the latest episode, which is available now, where the lads do discuss the departure of Conte. But we all kind of know by now, Dave, why Conte is gone. What I want to know is, why do you think it took so long between that post-Southampton outburst and his eventual departure? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things, because obviously the, the timing of the announcement came out at 10.25pm on a Sunday night, which is, you know, it's your standard uh, Daniel Levy way of communicating to the masses. You may remember uh, just after the European Super League, uh, Farrago, uh, he sacked Mourinho like a day later as if he was expecting it, some kind of Jedi mind trick that we've forgotten about the Super League. <laughs> so for him to put it out at 10.25, you know, just after, I don't know, Holtby or Casualty had been on, uh, and then the masses wouldn't notice. It's, it's, it's typical on that. I mean, the outburst was, what was it, Saturday week ago. Um, you know, uh, that carefully worded statement is left by mutual consent. You know, it's like when a when a band splits up and it says it's personal and musical differences that we split up. So a very tightly worded statement, uh, not surprising in the way it's been communicated. Antonio Conte has responded. He's released a statement saying, football is passion. I'd like to deeply thank everyone at Spurs who appreciated and shared my passion and my intense way of living as a football coach. 
A special thought to the fans who always showed me support and appreciation. It's been unforgettable to hear them singing my name. I mean, managers always come out with these sorts of statements, don't they, after they've been sacked, and they're never going to come out and say, oh, the fans this, the fans that. Uh, was there a bit of a warped relationship between Conte and the Spurs fans? Was it always the case of they wanted him to do well, or did it kind of fizzle out by the end? Look, I think towards the very end it fizzled out, but even up to about a month, six weeks ago in the transfer window, which, as you remember, we... Uh, we took until like January the 31st to sign uh, um, Porro until we got Dan Juma in, which we found out he didn't want him in. Um, it was very much like if you want uh, you want Conte to stay, then you want Enoch out. That was a kind of some of the arguments that was going on. And basically, he had the goodwill to supporters. Where it began to go wrong really was when, you know, he starts to make his statements that the fans need to show patience which given it's like the uh, highest season ticket in the in the Premier League is a bit rich to say that. Um, and then I think that obviously the outburst where he really kind of uh, burnt down the place on his way out didn't endear him to fans. There was always that feeling that we felt he was doing us the favour. Now, I was really, really excited when we got him in. And let's not forget the circumstances that we got him in. Uh, Nuno wasn't working out. A percentage, a small percentage of the support were shouting for Enoch and Levy to go and they got Conte back in after they he turned them down in the summer. So all in all, I think at the very end, it was a case of, you know, it's, it's good that he goes. The, the thing with Tottenham is this, is that uh, if we got a manager in and the football's bad, but the, we win things and, and one day we pick up a trophy, just like Portsmouth, <laughs> uh, then, you know, you've got, then you'll be happy. But if you're playing badly and you're losing... Uh, and the style of football's bad and you're losing, well, then then and that's the end of it for you because that's yeah. not the traditions of what we're about. Yeah, you need the results to back up performances. If the performances aren't there, but as you say, you're winning and that might ultimately yeah. result in a trophy, you accept it as a fan, don't you? But when one of those things goes wrong, it's almost impossible to, to keep your job, particularly at a club like Spurs, as you say. So Conte's gone, a manager who's won the Premier League in the past. Mourinho is another legend of... The managerial scene that didn't work out there was the Nuno Santo thing as you mentioned the less said about that the better so who do Spurs turn to next there's a few names that have popped up that I've seen but who do you want well up, up to this weekend last weekend just gone I was well up for yet another ex-Chelsea man as is our finest traditions these days I'd have cheerfully taken Tuchel uh, he's a winner um, he he plays slightly more entertaining football I mean, I can't stand Chelsea, but I actually thought during this, the, the, the the situation that he faced with the invasion of the Ukraine and the way he handled himself, he showed true leadership there fronting up to the media. He didn't issue a statement at 10.25 on a Sunday night, you know, that's being a true leader. And so I, I, I quite fancied him. Obviously, he's gone. Obviously, you've got the romantics who uh, who want Pochettino back. I'm calling it the deification of Maurizio Pochettino at the moment because... You know, fans of a certain age who started with Alan Sugar, Maurizio Pochettino represented the best years that they've they've ever had support in the club. And he don't get me wrong, he, he gave us some great times and great moments, but he was there at a time where City and Chelsea were in transition. Uh, he was actually there with uh, Paul Mitchell's director of football, so he's working very well with him at the time. We made some good signings like Toby Alderweireld. They had players there like um, Ericsson and Dembele who hadn't realised their potential, surprisingly under Tim Sherwood, that footballing guru. And um, and we kind of, it, it all worked out perfectly well. But 
you know, once uh, Mitchell left and, you know, Pochettino did sanction spending 42 million quid on Davison Sanchez, who's still yet to leave <laughs> our glorious club. Uh, as the old adage is in football, you don't go back a second time. I can't hardly think of a manager who's gone back for a second time. You're obviously not old enough to remember Howard Kendall. We went back to Everton three times. Never worked out. So I think uh, that's the way it should be. Apart from Harry Redknapp Portsmouth, of course, you're about to say, weren't you? Well, yeah. I mean, there's still a large section of the Pompey fan base that dislike Harry Redknapp because of what he did going to Southampton, even though he came back to Fratton Park and won us the FA Cup. So I think you're spot on with what you say there. Yeah. It's always romanticised when you're looking back at a manager in, in terms of what they've done in the past and very little of the time does it actually work out the way that it's intended to. With that being said, you've mentioned Tuchel and... Yeah, You know, Pochettino was also linked with Manchester United when they had a vacancy in the summer. Man United decided to go for Eric Ten Hag, this yeah. Dutch manager who had done good things with Ajax. Would you like to see Tottenham take a similar approach in that respect and go for someone who's maybe unproven in the Premier League but has coaching pedigree? The example that I would use, because I've seen his name pop up a lot, is Julian Nagelsmann, who's just been sacked by Bayern Munich. Well, it's funny you should say that, Niall, because a certain Eric Ten Hag was interviewed by Daniel Levy a couple of summers ago. And, and by all accounts, he didn't give a very good interview, didn't come across as very charismatic, which for a charismatic leader such as Daniel Levy to think that, then, you know, we that's <laughs> obviously the situation there. So, you know, Nagelsmann... Um, I, I, if I, if you, if you said to me Pochettino or Nagelsmann, I'd go Nagelsmann because it's, as I said, don't go back. But the thing with Nagelsmann is interesting because he does remind me a little bit of AVB, and you've got to look at what's his man management like, you know, of the Sadio Mane's and things like that. So yeah, I'd, I'd entertain that. Um, you know, obviously being based in Sydney, Australia, it would quite amuse me if uh, Ange Postacoglu got the. Uh, Got the uh, got the gig because, as I said on the the Cheese Room uh, YouTube show on the weekend, it, it would be like the attention it would get down in Australia. It would be like Tottenham was Tom Cruise and Postecoglou was Nicole Kidman, that kind of thing. So there was that like love <laughs> relationship for Cruise for years, and so unfortunately they split up, and and now he's not so well liked. So that would be quite amusing. Um, Deserby's done a great job at Brighton, and whether you you take a punt on him. But is that the structure or is that just Deserby? Because he's got them scoring goals, which Potter never could do. Um, you've got Thomas Frank, again, another one who is like, is it the structure or is it him? But he's now, he's, I thought they'd struggle without Christian Eriksen this season and they've really kicked on, right? And you've got to look at the history of Tottenham. Like, I'd, I'd take you back to, for example, someone like David Pleat. He was at Luton, like a lower club, although they finished above us that particular season. We hired him and he gave us a great year. So it's not unknown to get someone, you know, the reality of the situation is this, is that we get a potential manager who's got a track record for developing youngsters, of which there are some there. They've got to shift a lot of deadwood out of that club. And I think Tottenham fans, in terms of an identity, is really like if we play good, attractive football, we've won some cups many, many years ago, and we were known as a cup team. And I think the fan base would probably put up with a manager who plays attractive football, you see progress year on year, brings along the young players. But there's there's guy yet again, it's gonna be another reboot under these owners. And you've got to think about shifting some of that deadwood. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. 
The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. We keep seeing these signs outside the ground. I keep seeing it on Twitter. Enoch out. Enoch are the owners of Tottenham uh, at the moment. Daniel Levy, as we know, is particularly stubborn and has been in post for well over 20 years now. What's the feeling like amongst the fan base towards the owners? The longer this goes on and Spurs keep changing manager and don't win something, the animosity is going to grow, surely. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it is. Look, you know, I'm going to issue a legal-like disclaimer here. So the Cheese Room, which uh, I highly recommend for everyone to to listen to on the pods and uh, do a YouTube show as well, it really is a place where people with different opinions and fan base come along and discuss things, uh, we hope, in a, in a witty fashion uh, and an open fashion. And, you know, lots of different views are on there. I am more known for the Enoch out side of things. And considering my first season was in 1977, I am known for the nostalgia bit as well. We've got other people on the pod who provide great value in entertainment and technical analysis. So my my view on the ownership is is my view alone. Uh, It's really, they've been there for 22 years, right? And if you've been there for 22 years and your track record of appointing managers you know, some want ketchup in the canteen. The next one doesn't want ketchup in the canteen. You got directors of football. You don't want directors of football. And the rea- and the reality is, is that Daniel Levy's track record of appointing managers and directors of football isn't very good. If you get trophy managers in like Conte and Mourinho, you know, top whack, they're going to last for two seasons before they implode. So you give them what they want. That's what you have to do. And I think the thing with Enoch is that on the occasions that we've really had a chance to kick on, so with Redknapp, for example, you know, we were near the top of the league in the infamous transfer window where we got Louis Saharin and Ryan Nelson, for example. Pochettino went without anyone for a year and a half. Uh, So time and time again, when there's that next step to take, we've failed to take it. And I really do think now that with the stadium and, and, you know, Twitter, which I've recently yeah, you know, joined over the last couple of months with the cheese room guys were persuading me to do it for years. It's really, there's a lot of vitriol on there, which is Twitter generally. And, and you know, my view is, is I don't want Enoch to be the owners of our club anymore. Lots of people say, well, you know, who else is going to come in and do that? As if I know a bunch of, you know, venture capitalists on a <laughs> Sydney evening on a, on a Tuesday night, right? But I think that the, the reality is, is that if you want to have people with signs outside the shop, if you want to have things on Twitter, because of the way things are and certain groups of that like, if they're having a go at you because you're not saying Enoch out, I can't remember you being anywhere in history where you're being persuaded to join an opposition view because someone's having a go at you for not holding that view. It doesn't really work, you know. So I think at the end of the day, what Enoch have done is they've built a stadium uh, which has been financed by a debt facility 
Uh, they're developing and bought up a lot of property around the ground. They're doing lots of sources of revenue with, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Beyonce and all of that. And that's what kind of upsets the fan base is because if during January we're trying to buy a window, uh, buy a window, sorry, if we're trying to buy a player and it's announced that Beyonce is doing four nights at the stadium, it doesn't really cut it, really, does it? I mean, if we, and if we look at ownership models and things like that, and again, I'll point to Liverpool, where up to about a year ago, you had kind of Michael Edwards in charge, uh, you had the Fenway group, you had Klopp, and they're all perfectly aligned. And they all, you know, they sold really well and they bought really well. And you look at what they've done in the windows, like uh, Cody Gakpo, Luis Diaz, they just found the player and they went in. They didn't wait till January the 31st. And they've had relative success. So it can be done, but you've got to have a really good team to do that. And I, I, I hate to say it that, the way that Mr. Levy runs it, he doesn't have anyone on that board to really challenge him. He thinks he knows about football and really he doesn't. So Conte's gone. We don't know who the new manager is going to be. Could be Pochettino, could be Nagelsmann. I've even seen Zidane's name thrown out there. We don't know who it's going to be. But at the moment, it's Ryan Mason and Conte's old pal Stellini who are going to be in charge till the end of the season. <laughs> is yeah. top four the best that Tottenham can hope for this season? Would that be an achievement at this stage? Because I still think with the players that Spurs have got, despite the fact that they don't have Conte, I think they're, they're more than capable of finishing fourth. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that we've got 10 games to go, OK? Newcastle got two games on us and I think they're a point or two points behind. Uh, we've got to go to Liverpool away. Uh, we've got to go to Newcastle away and we've got to get Man United uh, Man United at home, right? Now, if you ask me for 10 games to go, would I want uh, Stellini and Mason versus Klopp or Eddie Howe uh, or uh, Ten Hag? Well, the answer to that is no. If you ask me 10 games to go, if I wanted Conte against that, that combined coaching staff, then the answer is yes. We're really down to the bare bones now. I mean, Emerson Royale is now out for the rest of the season and he's turned it around in the last two two months and I, I take my hat off to him. Um, we're down to three central midfielders. The interesting test for our brand new management team is that uh, Hugo Lloris is nearing fitness and before, and he's had a, not a very good season. I'm hoping this is last season. And ironically enough, of the six players that we got in the summer transfer window, Fraser Forster's looking like the best signing we got out of that window and he's done all right actually he's not he's not done too badly so if they got any nous about them they'd keep playing him and have Larice on the bench but you know that is not going to happen mm, yeah I do wonder how things will end up for Tottenham Hotspur but you can keep up with the journey between now and the end of the season and indeed beyond on the Cheese Room podcast as Dave says a range of different views there you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's not just people from the UK that are Spurs fans. It's people like Dave, who's based in Oz, uh, people from America, from Asia, all over the place, joining in one place to chat all things Spurs. So as I say, you can find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It's part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So go and check it out if you are a Spurs fan. Cheers for your time, Dave. And hopefully you do finish fourth because it will shut our Newcastle fan Marley up in the office as well about a first fourth place finish in about 100 years for Newcastle so it'll be more than welcome uh look it's a pleasure <laughs> to be on thank you very much uh and lovely to have a chat with you now Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.